show your stuff, show your sign, your pin, your whatever it is whatever. That you have, and they will give you some special seating there at Canine Processional, which is going to be pretty exciting. Um, Edward James almost, I believe, is uh, one of the newest ones. He has backed out. He's had to cancel. Uh, mm-hmm. Tito Rivera is returning a- as well this time around. So it's really exciting. Some of these are filling up pretty fast, by the way. So we tried to get Whoopi Goldberg for a client not too long ago, and it's just it's not available. Uh, she's just too popular. Cheetah Rivera, not a lot of people know who she is. Honestly, she is available, so you can get her. Oh, there you go. Uh, whatever. I just got one from Marie Osmond this morning for a client, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I never thought I'd say. I got dining with Marie Osmond, something I don't really say a whole lot as a, uh, as, a as a travel agent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present our spectacular show, a podcast magic and imagination full of Disney wonder, news, and pop culture. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast with Jim Novotny and David Dollar. Welcome back, Jen. Well, thanks, Dave. How was the Mexican holiday? Um, it was. I mean, it was lovely. It was Mexico, so it was nice and warm. It was apparently a little chilly the week before I was there, mm-hmm. but it was like in the eighties. It was very humid. If anybody ever sees pictures, I don't know if I will post them because my hair was a. We saw. I saw some of the pictures. It's your hair. You you basically had a Simba thing it's going huge. on. It was huge. I mean, it was like it, it was, was a lion's mane. Pretty funny. <laughs> So, and, and it, the, what was like it would grow. I mean, I would be, and I'm like, oh no, this is fine. These curls look organized. Mm-hmm. I would walk out, and it was immediately like, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, for those tired. of you who don't know, have never seen Jen. You should actually go to YouTube, and you can see the both of us. And she's the one to look at, not me. But Jen has this massive mane of just this luxurious hair. She's one of those people that you never see with bad hair. But it was funny to see the pictures because those of you with thick curly hair out there, when the humidity hits you, I mean, she was just, it was frizzed. Honestly, honestly, like if I let my hair grow out longer, which I'm getting it cut tomorrow, so you can see it's as long as it's been in a while. Um, if I let it grow out, it actually will frizz because it's it, it gets curly. Well, after, if you have if you have curl it. at all, exactly. and normally it will hold. Like if I like you know do a blowout or whatever, right. it'll hold, but not in that kind of humidity when it's like just. Yeah. And this is the Jen's Hair Podcast. I guess I should introduce the show. I this mean, is the yeah, Main maybe. Street Electrical Podcast. I am Dave. Podcast. And of course, this is Jen we're talking about here. And uh, Jen is back from Mexico. Last week, we yeah. had quasi-producer Heather stepping in to fill the the uh, the shoes of Jen and doing her great job last week as well. Good episode last week. Talked about And Heather also has great hair. Heather also has great hair, too. It's, uh, it's really long and thick. And also very yeah. bushy, and so, uh, but hers is straight, and yours is more of a got more of a curl twinge to mine it. Mine has more of a curl, yeah. And yours is more purple uh, towards the. Uh, well, yes, mine is so. mine is purple. So, <laughs> yeah, again, the hair podcast. So, Jen, how did you Disney this week? Oh gosh, you know what? That's a that's actually a great question. I mean, I guess really, I I have to say that I Disney this week by doing a little bit more prep work for our agency retreat in December. I'm working on finalizing some things for that. So, which is at Disney World. Of nice, course. nice. So. Of course, and I'm looking forward to that because 
every it's it's the third on my like three stop tour of Orlando because I went beginning of October. <laughs> I'm going back next week and then I'm going back again in December. So it's like one, two, three. And it's funny because at the end, at the beginning of every year, when Steph and I are sitting down, we're talking about the mm-hmm. year as a whole, what's coming up and what do we mm-hmm. plan for, you know, and I always mention Disney. She's like, well, you know, I don't know. We're we'll probably go one time. I don't think, think we can afford to go more than once. And I'm like, Steph, dear, every time we say that we go like four times. I was like, just don't even, let's not even say we're not going to Disney more than once because maybe we only go once. I don't know, but we're going to go like three or four times. And this will be my fifth time in Orlando, I think in December, which is ridiculous. And I don't even own a travel agency. I'm like Jen who goes down there all the time and has a, has a dream home in Grand Floridian. And she's, she's, uh, she's not, well, she's not the manager, but she's on the board. I'm sure. (laughs) Probably probably. something like that. Uh, I Disney this week by a discovery. I found out that I get to do a VIP tour next week. I am so excited. I am going to a conference and I mentioned this last year about this time and even the year before about this time called The Thing. Uh, My friend Terry Weaver kind of runs it and it's a conference of authors and podcasters and marketers and and bloggers and singers Mm -hmm. and writers and just people come together of all professions. They come together. We do some speaking and it's a great time to network, great time to, to kind of get your name out there or whatever. And I learned mm-hmm. stuff. One of the things I'm trying to learn this year is, is, is social media marketing. And like, okay. honestly, Instagram, the best times to post. How many hashtags do I put up there? What, what, how, you know, can I do pictures versus re- those kind of questions that nobody seems to know how to answer or the people that can't answer are like, if you give me $150, I'll send you this 45 mm-hmm. minute course. And I'm like, I, I don't need to know it that badly. And, so, um, <laughs> and maybe one day I will, but I'm going to go to this conference, but it's part of the conference that I'm getting to go to. I get to go on a VIP tour on Thursday. My first VIP tour nice. starting in magic kingdom. Uh, I have to go through it. my shirts to figure out which one to wear for the day. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Um, so yeah, we'll, we're real excited about that. So that's going to be, that's, that's gonna awesome. Be, it's going to be awesome. So uh, Jen, any other news? How is the house? Go ahead and give us a house update since we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Oh, house update. Um, All framed in. Most of the windows are in. We are just waiting on a couple of the doors, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm guessing because they're not in and everything else is. I'm just guessing they don't have them in yet. I'm guessing it's a supply chain issue. Um, There's shingles on the roof. And yeah, they're getting ready to start moving indoors and doing the plumbing and electrical and HVAC work. Nice. So So at what point in time do you think you could comfortably say, you know what, by this time, we likely will be moving in or likely be ready to put our stuff in there? By end of April. End of April. Awesome. I would think. Yeah. So very very exciting. So we still have some stuff to, you know, stuff to coordinate. It's a lot. We're we're juggling a lot. Would you consider, I mean, obviously for the money, but would you consider this your dream home? Like this is kind of the home you kind of designed and built and this is the home you're going to retire in and Mm -hmm. in in 50 or 60 years when you turn, you know, a 70 or whatever, um, when you get, right, exactly. Yeah. When you get that old and such. Yeah. When I get that old, no, this is, we are building this as it like this, we will not move again. We we will die in this house. That's right. basically what that is. That's kind of our home here. We have a small here home here in Birmingham, and we we couldn't afford the house if we bought it now because of the way that the neighborhood and the area has built up so much. Grown up here in Hoover, Alabama, um, and it's a little three bedroom, little it's modeled after old Key West and Charleston and those kind of houses, those cottage houses. Oh, and cute! Stuff. And, and we always thought maybe we'd move out and you know to a bigger mm-hmm. home one day. And no, well, we're just kind of we're kind of here, and we're happy with our little home. And you know, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. uh, we we could move anyway. Like honestly, if I were by myself, I probably would end up moving to Florida at some point because I love I love Florida. Sure. I love Orlando. I love Florida. Sure. But uh, my wife's like, nope, nope, it's too hot, too many bugs. We're not doing it. Not going to do it. Plus, yeah. of course, we got Campbell. He's got support. He's very supported here. So, uh, 
So yes, this is where we shall stay as well. So yeah, we're we we thought about and maybe eventually, you know, yeah. we'll have a place in Florida or something, you know, like a retirement. Well, we can always, can sort of always stay with quasi producer Heather as she builds I mean, Heatherland down there, which will be nice. Yes. <laughs> Walt Heather World. And so, uh, yeah. real quick, just a few little notes here of news. Phantasmic is officially coming back on November the 3rd. Last week we mentioned it, but we weren't sure. We had to hear mm-hmm. the rumors about the 3rd, but yes, now it's official. November 3rd, it's first, uh, its first show back. Uh, the Pocahontas scene apparently is gone. Um, they will be replacing it, I believe, with some frozen stuff and some new stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. coming I'm in, not so. surprised, honestly. Yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised. I'm, I'm kind of glad because I don't care about Pocahontas. Who, who cares? So I'm good with that. Um, the yeah. Blizzard Beach is also reopening on the 13th. The same day the Typhoon Lagoon is closing now. Nobody freak out. They do this every year. Every year. <laughs> Once it gets winter, one opens, the other closes so they can refurb. Blizzard mm-hmm. Beach just got done with the refurbishment. They're adding some frozen touches. Yep. The way the news was put out there, it made it sound like Frozen would be everywhere. It's actually going to be like in the kids' area, like Tykes okay. Peak and a few other places, the little statues and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to be having some holiday winterland things going on there. And Blizzard mm-hmm. Beach through the 31st. You get to meet Santa in his tropical attire. He'll be there for that. There'll oh be some gosh. seasonal offerings. Of course, there's some food because Disney now yeah. has this thing where every other week they're sending a foodie guide for to celebrate whatever holiday is coming up. You're, we just got a Thanksgiving one like yesterday. Thanksgiving food, foodie guide or whatever. And I feel like, you know, flag day food and Arbor day food. And, you know, uh, one of our, one of our cast members, Wendell got new tires. Here's a foodie guide for that. I mean, just (laughs) anything they can think of. Here's a foodie guide for it, which I'm I'm fine with. I love it. But I'm like, okay, Disney settle down on the foodie. Every, just because you colored a cupcake purple instead of blue. There's not really foodie. It's just purple cupcake. Exactly. It's a new, it's a purple cupcake with a little cookie on top. Still good. (laughs) But, uh, and finally, um, well, Epcot has uh, finally released their uh, their candlelight processional restaurants, and yes. this was actually came out like a week or two ago. But if the candlelight, yeah, because packages I, are on sale. Packages are on sale. I did mm. want to mention this: the the eight restaurants. It's not all of them. It's just it, no. Say. It never has been all of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think there are some people because I've had people contact contact me. They're like, "Hey, we want to mm-hmm. do uh, we want to do the the candlelight processional package. Can we get San Angelo? Can we get Coral Reef? Well, can we get other restaurants?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, the, the Hacienda is not available, and uh, you know, there's." whatever um marrakesh isn't available mm-hmm. um because it's not all of them here's the ones that are available however beer garden mm-hmm. coral reef restaurant mm-hmm. garden grill restaurant yeah. la cellier rosen crown uh Akershus royal banquet hall regal eagle smokehouse which i don't think actually i know for sure you cannot reserve that one no have, you, have you have to do it to go day of yep. and it's it's not guaranteed. Yeah, either. and I would it's do it early. Get in there you, early. I yep. would go early in the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and purchase. And the way it works too is you purchase a package and you go eat at whatever dining time you're allotted. Uh, you can be at 4.30, 5.36 yeah. or noon. If you go to lunch, they give you either a wristband or some sort of signifying mm-hmm. something. Um, it used to be a wristband. I don't know if now it'll be on your magic band or ticket or whatever. Um, at one point, it was a pin. It was a pin. Okay. Well, it's well, the, not not like a fancy pin, right? You know, or like right. a sticker. It was something, right? But it's some sort of signifying there. mark yeah. or something. Um, you know, they put a big red X on your on your hand, uh, like the club, and so you'll be able to go there and you'll have special seating for. The I don't know. Session. I didn't go to clubs. You I don't know what clubs? you did growing up. I, I, didn't I honestly, I didn't. I really wasn't invited to many clubs. So, but I do, I do know people who have pictures of the word on, on their, on their forehead because what? somebody with the word no on their forehead would pass out and fall asleep and their hand would be on the forehead. And then like you get on with a marker that's, um, I never had that because again, I'm not a drinker. I didn't drink very much in, in college or high school. So I never really was a club person, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, 
show your stuff, show your sign, your pin, your whatever it is whatever. That you have, and they will give you some special seating there at Canelot Processional, which is going to be pretty exciting. Um, Edward James almost, I believe, is uh, one of the newest ones. He has backed out. He's had to cancel. Uh, mm-hmm. Tito Rivera is returning a- as well this time around. So it's really exciting. Some of these are filling up pretty fast, by the way. So we tried to get Whoopi Goldberg for a client not too long ago, and it's just it's not available. Uh, she's just too popular. Cheetah Rivera, not a lot of people know who she is. Honestly, she is available, so you can get her. Oh, there you go. Uh, whatever. I just got one from Marie Osmond this morning for a client, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I never thought I'd say. I got dining with Marie Osmond, something I don't really say a whole lot as a, uh, <laughs> as, a as a travel agent. Uh, finally, Elton John, his retirement tour is finishing up here in North America. I don't know the dates mm-hmm. overseas, but because they're saying this is his final North American concert, I'm assuming there is some more dates to do somewhere like in Europe or in, in China or something like that. But yeah, I'm sure because mm-hmm. where he's originally from, I'm right. sure it'll end up. Yeah. He'll end up in his home country. I yep. mean, I can't imagine his final uh, North American concert date at Dodger stadium on November the 20th at 8 PM Pacific time, which of course is 11 PM gen time over there on the East coast. It will be streaming Worth live it. on Disney plus. I'm, pretty excited about this i am going to go to yeah. this i'm not go i'm going to see watch this concert i will watch it it'll be 10 o'clock my time mm-hmm. uh i'm a big elton john fan he's one of my all-time favorites yep. probably top 10 artist for me all time um that's fair my dear wife steph has seen the concert when he toured with billy joel <gasps> and a little oh. tiny part of me resents her for it even though she did it before i before i we even met uh still she got to see are you that. gonna resent me as a friend if i tell you that i went when he was in pittsburgh two or three years ago like well i, I mean it's, it's one of those that i just i never got a chance well i i can't say i never got a chance to see him he's been in this area i just didn't take the initiative to do it um the, yeah the three or four artists that i've always wanted to see in concert uh okay billy joel he's still touring. okay elton john which yep. that's that's out uh the dixie chicks now the chicks uh Garth Brooks, which came to town not too long ago for this rockin' concert here in Birmingham. Really? And I didn't know anything about it. Somehow I missed it entirely until the week of. Really? And if I hit on I hit Facebook that night, just about everybody I knew was at that concert. Um, Garth Brooks probably, if you if you do the stats and you look at the lineup of albums and the songs I know by heart and the meaning behind the songs or whatever, probably my number one artist of all time. Uh always also, always wanted to see Michael Jackson. Obviously, that's also that's too. not going to happen. Um, but... but yeah, those are the artists I've always wanted to see. I, I'm too old to see Taylor Swift in concert uh, because I don't know that Steph would want to go, and I'm not going. And to it Taylor might Swift be kind of creepy myself. if you went That'd by yourself. Kind of weird. Somehow my tickets would be, be between like a slumber party of 12 year olds over here and a couple 13 year olds girls over there, and here comes Chris Hansen Dateline going. Why don't you have a seat that stool right there? I don't. I want to own part of that. No, no, no. So and oh, randomly, God. are there any, any any artists that you have not seen in concert that that you would love to see in concert? Oh, At that's a good once. question. And I don't even like concerts that much. It's just too much trouble for me. Especially it has to. Do, I mean, it's, for me, it has to be someone I really want to see for me right. to go to a concert. Quite like honestly, Han- like Hanson, maybe. Yeah, yeah, they're not on my list. They're no, they're <laughs> they're not on my list. Um, Elton was on my list, and I did get to see Elton. Um, nice. Celine was on my mm-hmm. list. I saw of Celine. Course. Um, I mean, both of those were, were phenomenal. Steph saw her at the Grand Floridian oh, for Christmas. Gosh, she was like third balcony up, looking down upon Celine Dion. Um, I was Celine. Like yeah. that is one person I would fangirl over. I, I, I would, I would go see Celine Dion. Girl. Now Stephanie would go with me, but even if she couldn't, I would go. I would be happy to go see Celine by myself if I had to. That, that would, would not be creepy. Just that to would say that fun. I've seen Celine. It's one of those. It's mm-hmm. one of the artists of like. I like to say that yes, I have seen her in concert. Or I have seen them in concert yes. or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't say that about Nickelback. But I would say that about Celine Dion. Yeah. I mean, what's what's interesting is I've seen a lot of concerts. I'm so glad I went to mm-hmm. um, like Iron Maiden. 
they're amazing in concert, nice. which is random. In a Jenna DeVita. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they didn't do that song, actually. Randomly. Actually, they'd be more Jenna Gata DeVita. But anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> they'd still be playing if they did that song. That's a long song. Oh, it is a very long song. No, they they were fabulous in concert. I don't know that there's anybody on my bucket list currently that I haven't seen in concert. Mm -hmm. Like, basically, if it comes around and I want to go to see the person in concert, Billy Joel, I've not seen. I would mm -hmm. not mind would seeing Billy Joel in concert. Yeah. I, and I have not seen him yet. I wouldn't so. have seen Cheryl Crow either. I love Cheryl Crow. She's one of my favorites. She's not one of okay. those that I would I would uh, bet the farm on going to see, but I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing Cheryl Crow. Um, concerts are, are weird for me because... I, I'm now of that age where I don't, it's not that I don't mind crowds because I go to Disney. Of course I don't mind crowds. Right. It's right. just the sitting in the car, trying to find a parking spot, getting in the place, getting out yeah. of the parking deck and whatever. I go yeah. see the WWE events when they're in town and they're usually smaller events. And even that I'm like, Oh my gosh, we've waited 10 minutes in this car line to get out of this garage. <laughs> and even then I'm like, Come that's on, the part that kills so, me. Yeah. That's the part. And, and what's funny is, I would rather go see like probably like there's different musicals or whatever mm -hmm. that I would go to see before a concert, you same. know, like same. that's yeah. just how I am. Although getting out of the freaking parking garages, is just. <laughs> so I guess we should yeah, talk yeah. about Disney some, huh? Yeah, so, we should maybe do that. <laughs> Speaking of bad things like uh, parking garages and high concert tickets, let's talk a little bit about the villains, not just the villains, but the villain Yay. songs. Now, yes. the idea we had was to create a villain song top 10. That you would create yes. a top 10, I would create a top 10. But what I'm what I'm seeing sometimes when we do top 10s mm -hmm. is our lists overlap. And when you have a limited yeah. amount of supply like this, um, because there's not a lot. There's a list I found online. I don't even know how definitive it is, but even if it's off by five or six, mm -hmm. it only gave me 41 Disney villain songs. Some of them I'd never even heard. There's a few that I'm like, is that really a villain song? Or does that just right. happen to be the tune playing when the villain's doing his thing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I That's decided fair. I decided, what if we reach out to some friends of the show? And say, would you mind submitting your top 10 list for yep. the show? And what I will do is I will line them up all. And we actually had eight lists total, myself and yours and mm -hmm. six other people. And I'll get to who those are in a minute. But I lined them up all side by side by side by side by side. But all of them eight in a row in an Excel spreadsheet because I love me some Excel spreadsheets. Oh, you do love you. An Excel and I kind of ranked them out basically. Like I would take a song and say, okay, well, the song was on five lists, six lists. And this was number yes. three on this one, number five on okay. that one, number two on this one, 10 on this one. Four, and I would kind of rank them together, divide them up a little bit, and figure out where the average ranking was. Okay. For these songs. Okay. That did were... you have to make any judgment calls? Like, like okay, no, the actually, average no. of these numbers well, is sort of in the fact that a lot of songs were listed at least twice. Some were listed three times. Okay. I had to make a call on how many times a song would be listed in order to make it to the top ten guarantee. Okay. I decided if it's five out of eight, if it's five or more. It's going to be in there. I do the average ranking. I didn't okay. want to do that with four because that's half That's half the group. And I feel that's like half, it's a little right. skewered. So I kind of mm -hmm. took those and kind of looked just to see where they were on lists and where the highest rankings yeah. were on this list. And and so I've got, out of the top 10, I've got basically your bottom three was listed on three lists. Uh, okay. One song listed on four lists. So three songs listed on six lists, one on five and two on seven. Do the math there. That's 10. I promise you. Okay. Um, Somewhere in there yeah. if I'm looking correctly. But I kind of have, have, have a ranked out. So I have a top 10. And this is an average ranking of the people that submitted their list. And this includes. And I have not even heard these lists. No, yet. you and haven't. David is, is the only I one. I did this an hour ago because I was still working yeah. on my list and figuring out how my list factored in. 
Um, and I did my list first before I really pulled everybody else's. So it wouldn't be influenced by everybody's mm-hmm. um, skywalking through Neverland uh, the podcast okay. out of California. They submitted theirs friend of the show, Rob lot, who is from who mm-hmm. to you. And also he's a cadaver Dan. He's a cast member, 20 plus year cast member. Uh, both Susie and Matt from the Imagineers podcast submitted their top 10. Each had their own top 10. list. Okay. Um, Quasar producer Heather, of course, did hers. She of course. turned hers in. You and I have ours. And the I Am Geek guys, they did a compilation list. They sent me 10 from their Ooh, podcast as nice. their list. So we have eight total, which I'm really excited about. But before we get to the official list, two things I want to do. First, Jen, I want to run through our lists real quick. Okay. And just to kind of see where... Uh, Wait, do I need to pull mine up? Do I need to find you mine? Go ahead and pull yourself, but I'll look at my list mine real up. quick okay. and just kind of list it. To kind of just... I won't talk about a ton, but kind of a, a, a 10 through... Uh, 10 through one um my number 10 was love is an open door which is a little weird like is that really a villain song and we'll talk no, about it for i debated but, on that one too but mm-hmm. but i mean it is it is Ish. because it's well okay so it also you know this one did not make the top 10 so we can talk about yeah. it a little so we bit can more. talk about it so actually, no, I take that back. It did make the top 10. We'll talk oh, about it. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, number nine for me is Le Poisson from Little Mermaid. I think that song is just so much fun. Oh, um, that's a good one. Le Poisson, Le Poisson. <laughs> I just think that's really that's fun. Funny. Yeah, uh, funny. Number eight, and this was listed on a few lists, the Imperial March from Star Wars. It sort of counts. Star Wars was done okay. well before it became a Disney property. Okay, but it's that's fair. so known. And when you hear that, dum 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 dum, you think the dark side. You think I don't yeah. want to say the word evil because that's such a dark word, but you think the bad guys, the villain. I didn't even go with that, instrumental, so. but that yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. So number six on my list is "Kidnap the Sandy Claws," which I love. That song from Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas, "Kidnap the Sandy Claws." Da, 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 da. Uh, the mob song. Was my yeah. uh, was my number was the next one, which I think is a highly underrated song, by the way, from Beauty and the Beast. I'm gonna agree with you. Love that, that song. I actually mentioned to Steph um, yesterday. I was like, "What are your favorite villain mm. songs?" And she mentioned some of the the big ones that we all know. And she was like, "And the mob song." She goes, "And nobody talks about the mob song. The mob song is fantastic. It, it's fabulous. It's great." It's great. Uh, Friends on the other side is also on my list. Um, Dr. Facilier, one of my favorite villains. I think okay. he is such a cool, cool villain. Uh, Mother Knows Best from mm-hmm. Rapunzel, from Tangled, Gaston, Poor Unfortunate Souls. And my favorite villain song is Be Prepared. And I went back and forth on those two. Be Prepared, mm. Poor Unfortunate Souls. I was like, ah, what do I do here? But I went with Be Prepared yeah. for a number of reasons. We'll talk about later. Uh, Jen, what okay. is your top 10? All right. So number 10 was the Siamese cat song from mm-hmm. Lady and the Tramp. Um, uh, I think yes. because I loved that movie growing up and I don't know why but that song would just get stuck those, in my head. Those like, those cats are such, they're so bullies. They're so they're bullies. Mean. They're so mean. They are I mean, so just mean. Like, yeah. Underrated like, villains. Just mean Very cats. underrated villains because I mean, like they're like sneaky villains. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then number nine I had as um, Mother Knows Best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight I had Love is an Open Door, okay. which again we'll apparently yep, be talking we'll about. Yep. Um, number seven, I Want to Be Like You, which nice. is from Jungle Book, King Louie, who was a villain right. in, the, in the movie. And I love that song. And I love I love jazz. So I don't know if we're going to talk about that one. But okay. um, another one also from Jungle Book, Trust in Me. Sung by Ka the Snake. Neither and... one of these songs made the top ten, so we can talk about it if you want. Uh, trust in me, and I want to be like you. Neither one are in the top yeah. ten, so yeah. I, I think that was, of course, just the era it was written in, and there was a lot of jazz music. Uh, you know, even like the whole scat section between King Louis and Baloo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I the music was really cool. The music to, in yeah. Jungle Book is amazing. Yep. I love it. Um, of course, this would be the animated of version. Okay, this of is course. not the live yep. um, action version. So I just think both of those, and they didn't even jump to mind right away until I was like looking. I'm like, all right, I'm not thinking of some villain songs. Let me yeah, just Google I had to a look list of, mm-hmm. of, of the villain songs. And I saw those. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love those. They are actually on my iPad, on my, on my iPhone. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially, <laughs> um, I want to be like you. That one, mm-hmm. that one particularly. All right. Um, number five, shiny from mm-hmm. Moana. Um, and then Cruella Deville, which I went back and forth on this one, but I felt like it counted because it's literally it does count. about it's one of the villain. few villain songs that are not actually sung by the villain. It's sung by somebody right. else describing the villain. Describing the villain, but it's and a I'm great like, song. It's am- again, it's that era of music yeah. that I love—the jazzy yep. sort of, you know, Roger singing. Because I mean, if she doesn't scare you, nobody will. So you know, right? Um, I love the whole way that song comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, the mob song, which honestly. I, I almost want to switch it with my number two because I do love the mob song. <laughs> yeah. I it I it just the way Gaston does it and the mm-hmm. way they're the reprise and everything, it's so good. Yep. Um Poor Unfortunate Souls was my number two and Be Prepared was my number one. Such a good song. Such a good song. <laughs> so so some of the songs that were mentioned in all these lists that did not right. make the top ten. And by process of elimination, you might know what may be coming. Um, right. The Savages from Pocahontas. I'm not familiar with that song very much. Oh, I, I actually considered that one. It would have been one of my honorable mentions. And Mine, 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 also from Pocahontas as well. Again, songs I don't care about, but just, well, whatever. Uh, High Diddly D from, from Pinocchio. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Mentioned there. Um, mm-hmm. Trust in Me, Siamese, if you please, which we you mentioned those, but also mm-hmm. mentioned on other, other lists. The Fidelity Fiduciary Bank song from Mary Poppins. <gasps> That's a that good, I didn't even up. think yep. about that, that one. That was brought up. Uh, I believe Rob Lott actually brought that one up. And so it was one of his That's top ones. That's a great one. That, one that would that would have been in my top 10 if I would have thought of it. It's a good song. Heffalumps and Woozles. That was one on Susie's list. Okay. Um, the uh, the Pooh song. Uh, the Prince Ali reprise. Uh, towards the end <gasps> there, Jafar sings. does not mm-hmm. get his songs. And actually, fun fact, they had written apparently four songs for Jafar to sing like he wouldn't have sung all of them but he had written four different songs to fit into the movie okay. uh, for him to sing one of those and they scrapped all of them so basically his reprise on this is kind of jafar's chance to have a little musical moment in the Aladdin mm. movie. um i think some of them may have gotten into the musical i don't know for sure i didn't see the musical uh whatever. i have seen the musical jafar does do some singing in the musical now whether it's the same song i couldn't right. you know i don't know uh, someone mentioned "Chilling Like a Villain." I believe that's from the Descendants. That was actually one of oh, okay. Skywalking's uh, uh, Skywalking's "Headless Horseman" ta- song from the Ichabod okay. Mr. Toad. Yes, um, mm-hmm. and of course we had some that we mentioned already: "Kidnap the Santa Claus," "Like Poisson," um, and then uh, yeah. So those are the ones that are kind of mentioned out that mm. are not in our top ten. So let's start on our top ten here. And uh, I'm not going to give you the stats on every single one of these. Going, you know, well, this was mentioned this many times, blah blah blah. But yeah, the sure. Ten song is the Mob Song. Uh, oh, number 10. Interesting. Yes, number okay. 10. Number okay. 10, of course, is the song written by Howard Ashman. Uh, and this it's kind of fun because there's well, I don't want to say fun when I talk about this. This makes me sound terrible, but this the story behind this is interesting because Howard Ashman had AIDS at the time. He died of AIDS a little bit later on. As yeah, was, you know, yeah. before he actually got to see Aladdin, mm-hmm. before he won tons of awards for Aladdin. Um, and and so he wrote this song. And looked at the beast's curse is kind of an a- allegory for AIDS because remember this is the late eighties, early nineties. There was such oh. a stigma on the AIDS crisis at the time that it was a it was a gay disease. That's basically what they were what the, the public sentiment was. And so the mob song was written kind of as a an allegory of how people get so riled up with non information. 
Really? Um, because, I had no you know, idea. Because, because Gaston is running around instilling fear mm-hmm. into the villagers about the beast, talking about how yeah. he's going to kill them. And, and the mob, without even paying attention, is like, yeah, let's go get him. Let's go get him. And at one point, Gaston even says, screw your courage to the sticking place, which is a line from Macbeth. So he really gets into this. Exactly. Exactly. That's from Macbeth. Um, Don Hahn, who's the producer from Beauty and the Beast, said that the song was written as a metaphor for the stigmatization against people with AIDS. Now, that's a lot reading into the song. This song is also just a fun song. Too. So it's there also is some fun song. of that. Yeah. So, I, so I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, this song has such a deep meaning. The people who wrote the song obviously had a purpose behind it, but it is a fun song. And to me, it's more than just a fun song. It's a, like, this, this has got to be a hard song to put together because you've got a oh, lot geez. of voices on this song. you got a oh, lot yeah. of things happening in the song. Um, and this is the culmination of Gaston mm-hmm. leading, the, leading there. And there's a great meme somewhere. And I'm sure I've got it on my phone amongst my 14,000 meme folder, uh, folder files, whatever. Uh, there's a screenshot of a of a like one of the the pieces of furniture holding a bat behind a yeah. wardrobe, and it's like this guy is about to take out a villager with a baseball bat. I mean, like it's a quick <laughs> screenshot. It's like this guy is about to screw somebody up big time. <laughs> He's only, he's, only a, he's only like a weapon it's like <laughs> dude what the heck um so yeah so that is number 10 the number 10 song mm-hmm. the compilation of our of our villains countdown number 10 number nine mm-hmm. love is an open door okay which we talked about this a second ago and this is an interesting song to be on this list because it's a fun romantic oh my gosh we're so alike whatever kind of thing but once you think about it it's a song written and sung it's a song sung by one of the guys singing it has been manipulating her to the core. Yeah. Like while he's singing hardcore. Oh, great. This is so awesome. Our life has been just a series of whatever, blah, blah, blah with you, you know, say goodbye to the past. She's loving it. She's like, Oh my gosh, this is my guy. And he's like, I'm trying to manipulate Anna so that I can control things that I can mm-hmm. take over. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's a dark. Very, if you think dark. about that, it's a like, really, really dark song. I mean, that like that's yep. the ultimate like narcissist song yeah. too. Like, oh yeah, uh, written by yeah. Christina Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez for Walt Disney's Animation mm-hmm. Studios, Frozen, uh, yeah. which is uh, of course a great movie. And I think is so Frozen is one of those things. Like, if you have a song that's out there somewhere, then you just hear it all the time, and you're like, oh my gosh, not that again. Eventually, you come back around and go on, okay, you know what? That's that's a, that's a pretty it's good like song. It's like it's a good song. Same thing with Frozen. For about three or four years, it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, no more Frozen. Stop with the Frozen. Now that we're 10 years past, I think it's like, okay, you know what? We can step back now. The Frozen hysteria has died down somewhat for the most part. This is a good movie. This is a really, really it, good it, movie. It is a good movie. So that's number, number nine on our list. Number eight on our list. Hellfire from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. This was mentioned several times in people's lists. Now, towards the bottom of every list, I don't think anybody really had had the gumption to put it towards the top. This I is think it is one of song. it is one of the most evil songs. Yeah, evil. I, I would agree yeah. with that, and I I respect it as the most evil. I don't mm. like it. I no. mean, I do like because like I appreciate it, but it's mm-hmm. it's mm, yeah, that's dark. It's yeah. dark. Um, the, some of the lyrics. Well, so this to set it up for people who either haven't seen Hunchback, um, bless you, and you're lucky, or people who haven't seen it in a long time, like myself, and I don't think I'll ever see it again because I, I love like it as movie. a musical. Uh, the music itself is great. The, the stage Kirby version, song the, the music is, is amazing. God oh, help so the outcast is great. <gasps> gorgeous, that, whole, that beautiful gorgeous. song. Uh, this is one that follow the, the bells of Notre Dame sings. So mm-hmm. he's coming through this 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 cathedral and he's singing about basically how Esmeralda is now in front of him and he, he, 
lusts after her. Basically, that's what it is. He's yeah, lusting I mean, after Esmeralda. And he is wanting Esmeralda. He has desires towards her or whatever. And he's like, he's blaming her for turning towards darkness and he's begging to be saved. And he sings, mm-hmm. destroy Esmeralda. Let the taste, let her taste the fires of hell or else let her be mine and mine alone. Mm-hmm. That is dark. That I, is really it's dark. Dark. It's very dark. So mm-hmm. um, this is actually considered by critics to be one of the best Disney villain songs out there. And and people have even said, mm-hmm. and I say people, as in like critics, I've read different theories on this right. movie, that if they had taken the movie in the Hellfire direction uh, with the other songs, the film might have been even better. Um, lean into okay. the darkness of the film itself. Lean into the darkness of the villain because he really just, dives deep into this he he is one of the most evil villains i mean honestly i feel like he was sociopathic he was he was and i do i will i'm just gonna throw this in Mm -hmm. um because of course i saw hunchback when it came out i saw it in the theaters and i remember thinking how much i love the music and that it was like i was like i don't know how i felt about that movie yeah i saw it on the stage the musical version Mm -hmm. um not that many years ago maybe five maybe five or six i loved it on the stage okay I loved I it on the stage. Um, okay. I prefer the stage version to the movie, interestingly enough. Interesting. Well, maybe I would too if I saw the stage version. Because, if you yeah. saw the stage version, you might. Yeah. Not a fan. Number seven on our list. The Oogie Boogie song. The main villain song from the film Nightmare Before Christmas as mm-hmm. sung by Oogie Boogie and his prisoner Santa Claus. Now, this is a song that he's basically like, he's bragging about the fact he has captured the Sandy Claus. Mm-hmm. He's got him, you know, and he's going to turn Claus. Christmas into Halloween and so on. Um, there was a lot more to the song than what you see in the film because of time constraints. They, there was an instrumental break that there was going to be just mm-hmm. dancing and stuff. Had to cut that. Uh, okay. They had a different verse to this, our second verse to the song. They had to cut that because they were going to do a sequence so they were going to have bugs mm-hmm. dancing all over Oogie Boogie, and it was too hard to, too hard to animate. The technology in the early 90s, they could oh. not get it animated correctly, so they just cut all of it after storyboarding. Um, but if you can actually hear those versions of the songs with the second verse and everything on the soundtrack. So, Interesting. Um, so yes, okay. the Oogie Boogie song is there listed by uh, how many people? Listed by four people on our eight, okay. uh, eight lists. Number six, the song we referred to earlier that was not actually sung by the villain, Cruella de Vil. Ah, uh, yes. sung by Bill Lee as the voice of Roger Radcliffe mm-hmm. uh, and also has been re-recorded by Dr. John for the 1996 live action remake and uh, singing about how evil uh, Cruella de Vil is. She doesn't scare you no evil thing. Will to see her mm-hmm. is to take a sudden chill. Cruella, Cruella, she's like a spider waiting for the kill. Look out for Cruella de Vil. Mm-hmm. So uh, good song, very jazzy. And this was on your list mm-hmm. as well, Jen. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love this one. Jazzy, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a, a, a story randomly because, you know, in my previous career, I taught music. Yes. And at one point I got moved down. From, I was teaching middle school and then they moved me to the upper elementary school, which was a four, five, six building. Mm-hmm. And I was um, given the responsibility of doing the uh, after school musical for no pay, interestingly enough. Um, but it's... <laughs> fine uh but actually some fabulous kiddos uh, and i nice. did a lot of disney junior like musical theater and we did 101 dalmatians i'm sort of wearing like well spotted sure, kind clothes of. today your, um your puppy print my puppy print mm-hmm. um but yeah i i did 101 dalmatians and as i recall the person who played pongo that year and this is a kid i cast as mowgli in fourth grade and then i cast okay. him as the lead in 101 dalmatians in nice. fifth grade in sixth grade, I believe if he did, I don't remember if he did it in sixth grade, but if so, anyway, he went on, he is now Bach on Wicked. 
like on stage. He's in Broadway. Wow. Like, he's, uh, I, I like to joke that I discovered him. I just, you know, I just saw the talent. So you got all. him on Broadway. That's impressive. I mean, I, impressive. I really can't take any credit for that, but <laughs> I did cast him. And um, I remember teaching the Cruella de Vil and there's a lot of little chromatic half steps in that. So it's, it's interesting to teach kiddos to sing that, but it was, um it was cute. It was really nice. cute. Can you name one other song by uh, from Disney that's a villain song that's about the villain, but not sung by the villain, or maybe even sung to mock the villain? Oh, that's a really good. This question. is a really I tough mean, question. You, that's I think a tough I, question. I, I mean, like, you pull this out. Given given some time to sit here and go through my mental list, I probably could. I mean, right now in the course of this podcast, yeah. I don't know if I I'm come sure up there with is it. more, but the only one I see listed is. The Phony King of England from Robin Hood. <gasps> I, that's a good song yep. on Robin Hood. And th- yep. you know what? That's why I didn't include it because I was like, well, that's not really kind of, but, but I guess it right. kind of falls in the Cruella de Vil. Sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Uh, another song. This is the number five on our list here as we count down the, the top villain songs from across the podcasting mm-hmm. realm, our podcasting realm anyway. Tangled, Mother Knows Best, as sung by ah, Mother Gothel, voiced by uh, Broadway and film actress Donna Murphy. Um, a much acclaimed song. People love this song. A lot of critics considering this the best song in the movie, and it might just be it's taking really place at the very beginning of the song. Uh, you know, Rapunzel is mm-hmm. ready to to ask Mother Gothel's permission to go find the floating lanterns, to go see the lights, mm-hmm. to get out. And Gothel, whose eternal youth and beauty relies on Rapunzel and her hair, is like. No, no, no. So she sings this very upbeat, very fun, very lyrical, just do kind of song. But mm-hmm. when you read the lyrics, it also is very dark. It is like all the evil oh, things yeah. that are going to get you. She calls Rapunzel fat. She calls her just all these little things naive and blah, blah, blah. And of course, at the very end, she's like, and don't ever ask to leave the tower again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh. Uh, the song of yeah. course written by Alan Menken. We're going to keep going back to him. Uh, lyricist Glenn Slater. And I looked at it, he, he's done a lot, but nothing that I'm like, Oh my gosh, he did this, but he has done, he, he's done some stuff for Disney and some other things as well. But, uh, of course, sung by Donna Murphy, many more doing Rapunzel as well. Um, great song. Great. It's song. a great song. It's a really kind of a creepy song. It's one that is very creepy. Like I didn't think about this one until I saw, saw on some lists and stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. I went back to YouTube and I watched a lot mm-hmm. of these on YouTube. So I'm kind of familiar with them now. And I'm like, Oh this is great. I forgot yeah. how good this song was. That might be my favorite song in the movie. That's a good song. <laughs> it's not my favorite in the movie, but it's a good song. Um, so that's number five on the list. Number four on the list. This was listed by six of the eight countdowns that we have. Okay. And that is Friends on the Other Side from oh. Princess and the Frog. Uh, it's got a very... It's got a very poor unfortunate souls vibe to it where mm-hmm. not only is the villain singing, but the villain is singing basically about what can I do for you? I'm going to help you out because I'm mm-hmm. awesome. Even though my motives are not on the up and up, I can still help you out just a little bit. And let me sing the song yeah. for you. Um, Keith David is the guy who sings this song and you would know his face. If you didn't know his name, you'll know his face. He's been in mm-hmm. so much stuff. Um, the first thing I think of is he's the stepfather and so- there's something about Mary, which I'm not telling my Disney audience to go find this. Little kids, don't be like, what's something about Mary? I forgot he was in that. But he's in that. But he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, And he's got this real deep voice like this. And just, you know, I actually watched a little little two or three minute segment on him on YouTube about singing and and just how he's like, he loved the character. And they didn't know he could sing. They wrote this character for Keith David and had that booming voice, but they weren't sure he could sing. So they brought him in. They were like, I guess we we should find if you can sing. And he nailed it. He just nailed the friends on the other side. Just such a good song. 
So good. And he that's a creepy villain too. Yeah. I mean, that's a very, very creepy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's in the he's like the voodoo guy. He's like he's the in the voodoo, right? Guy. Um mm-hmm. the song written by Randy Newman, who of course has done a lot of the Toy Story oh, stuff. Oh, he's done a lot, a lot right? Stuff, so he's done that. And uh the song is 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 sung as he is getting Naveen and Naveen's assistant. I can't think of the guy's name, mm-hmm. basically uh, yeah, kind of give that. over his card so he could turn him into a frog. Um, you know, and then of course he reprises later on whenever uh Facilier meets his very dark demise. And so a little yes. scary for primetime TV. There, so. uh, number three on our list, um, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, okay. Fantastic, fantastic it's song. It's a great song. Great song here. Who's written by? Is it Alan Menken? I think it's Alan Menken. Alan Menken would yeah, have been Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, so it's Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. Howard Ashman, yeah, whole... Beauty and the Beast. Howard Ashman. Yeah. Uh, sung by Jesse Cordy, who played Gaston. I'm sorry, Richard White played Gaston. Jesse Cordy played, uh, played LeFou. Uh, um, and of course, it Basically, it's the song about they're trying to cheer Gaston up. And Gaston is like, yeah. I don't understand why Bill doesn't want me. And of course, there's obviously always doesn't want you because you're an idiot. Um, but, uh, you know, Gaston <laughs> sings songs about how he's good at spitting and uh, interior decoration. And he's so healthy and how much he can eat and everything. And so uh, it's from this song that he hatches a plan to to send Maurice to an insane asylum in order to force Bill to marry him. Um, so all that happens. Now, it's fun because uh, Gaston is a character that he's so brutish and he's almost like he's, he's mm. more narcissistic and selfish than he is evil. And of course he has a turn there towards the very end where yeah. the, of the live action movie, especially, but the, uh, the, with the cartoon, you know, and it's funny because, and I go back to the mob song in the live action beauty and the beast from 2017, which by the way, is a song. It's a movie that I forget about. I liked it when I saw it. Yeah. It's but fine. I have no interest in seeing it again. I'm, I'm just, whatever. It, it, it was fine. That was just but, kind of how I was. I was like, it's um, okay. Fun fact, uh, back to the mob song again, uh, Howard Ashman actually changed, or I'm sorry, Alan Menken changed the lyrics a little bit of that song in the live action because he wanted to set it up to where LeFou would finally turn on Gaston to realize what a, what a sociopath Gaston was with the mob song. Um, played mm. out really well in the live action. I don't think it would have played yeah. out really well in this one, but so, this is a fun song. This is a fun villain song. It's a fun I mean, song. It's a fun song to sing. It's a fun song just to be a part of. Yep. It's, just, it's, it's a good song. We, we, we love the song. All right. So top two, let me go ahead and, and, uh, uh, let me go ahead and go back to the top 10 again. Number 10 was The Mob Song. Number nine, mm-hmm. Love is an Open Door. Number eight, Hellfire from Hunchback. Number seven, Oogie Boogie. Number six, Gorilla DeVille. Number five, Mother Knows Best. And number four, Friends on the Other Side from Princess and the Frog. Three, as we just mentioned, Gaston mm-hmm. from Beauty and the Beast. Now, I'm guessing that you know what the top two songs are going to be in whatever order. You're not sure, but the top two I don't know the order, be... but yes, the top two are going to be Poor Unfortunate Souls and Be Prepared in some order. Yes. Number two on this list are, or is... And these two songs are the only ones listed on all seven or all eight of the countdowns. Okay. Uh, number two is Be Prepared. Now, this was okay. my number one song. This was um, my number one. This also. was actually number one for, for a couple of people, but it was also on down the list for some other people. So that's why I didn't, which of course Go, leads right. to what our number one song is going to be. It had a much higher average ranking. Everybody ranked Average ranking. Got it. Rank. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, Be Prepared, sung by Scar in The Lion King, a fabulous song. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons is yeah. incredible. Incredible. Amazing. I just um there is a phrase that, that movie fans use to 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 describe certain people that just take over the movie mm-hmm. and just own every time they're on the screen, they're like they just own that screen. Yeah. And we say they're chewing the scenery because they're just eating this thing up. That is Jeremy Irons to a T. He oh, yeah. chews the scenery. He owns this this whole scene. Oh my gosh. He, has, he owns it. Um, it's funny because um Jim Cummings, who also does many other voices, including mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, uh 
is the voice of Ed, the crazy <laughs> hyena. <laughs> right, the crazy one. In this, exactly, Shinzi Bonzi and, and Ed. Well, he actually sings the last part of this, Be Prepared, because Jeremy Aaron's voice gave out. Like, when he was singing it, he he finally, his voice finally gave out, because he's not used to that baritone. They used to sing like that. So Jim Cummings oh. had to step in and kind of, basically, that whole, like, uh, that final verse, to prepare for the coup of the century, that part, that's Jim Cummings. Prepare on. for the murky. Exactly. Scum. That's him. <laughs> Especially when he gets to that, you won't step away without you me. You won't get a sniff without That's me. Jim Cummings because Jeremy <laughs> Irons' voice had given completely out. It could not finish the song. Interesting. Also interesting okay. about this song, and you, you you may know this already, but once I say this, if you don't know it, you're going to understand it. The army of the hyenas in 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 the movie, in the song itself, mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're goose-stepping in front of Scar, yes. they're kind of doing whatever, and he's perched over an onlooking cliff. That is a nod. I don't want to say nod. That's the wrong word. That is a look at Adolf Hitler and the 22 beam of lights pointing straight up, resembling the Cathedral of Light in the Nuremberg rallies. So that's basically like a Nazi propaganda whole sequence right there from Triumph of the Will. That's what that is. Is like because you've got this evil, evil dictator taking over this army. This army will do whatever he says to do to take over a land that is not theirs. Oh, that is where this comes from. So that's and where they got the imagery. It, exactly. When you watch it, you'll oh. see the imagery. And, and look, I had thought that before with the high stepping. I'm like, you know what? That looks well, like the high stepping. Black right. and white I've seen. But yeah, there's a lot of that imagery going on there. Um, because just it's and this is us digging deep into the song. So don't feel like you know you have to think Nazi when you hear the song perform, whatever. But, but yeah, the so- I mean, um, but the song is like yes. The song is amazing. Uh, the song is amazing, and it, it is Jeremy Irons. That is just just prepare for the coup of a lifetime. It's just, <laughs> it's delicious. It's a delicious song. <laughs> if I use a word, a weird word to describe it, it's just you just eat the song up. It's so Scar good. Scar has always been one of my favorite oh, villains. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's. I mean, that was that golden era. Yeah. So, the, the, the Renaissance. The gold, yep. Like this golden yep. era of Disney animation and. You know, I, I'll always say like Maleficent is, you know, one of my more favorite villains, mm-hmm. but Scar like is always like right there. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. And you can tell how hard the song was to perform. And I know there are, there are people who could perform the song all over yeah. the place. I know they do it in, in the, the, the Broadway musical. Oh, the, the Broadway times. musical. Yeah. I but mean, for the live action, they had actor Tuatel Edgio for it do it. And you can tell that he doesn't have the range of the voice he doesn't have because the range. he mostly Mm-mm. speaks it and he does a great job. It's a great performance of the song itself. It, it's different though. And you just miss that, you know, I know your was, powers of pretension. You just miss that like was, real, just evil. Just, I don't know. I love it. It was just, no, I, yeah. I don't know. It didn't have it for me. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Irons embodies that character. So if yep. it's not that, I was yeah. like, So that leads us to number one. And that, of course, is going to be Poor Unfortunate Souls, uh, written by Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, performed by the Disney legend, the the unforgettable and just passed this year recently, Pat Carroll, Mm -hmm. sung to Princess Ariel by Ursula uh, in order to get her to sign over her voice for Ursula to take over. Uh, fun fact, few facts behind this song. Howard Ashman actually recorded his own version of the song, singing the Ursula role. To send it to Pat Carroll to convince her to take the role, to convince her to, and it did, it did, and she oh. actually has admitted that she actually borrowed from some of his inflections in his version of it to use in the song itself. Um, and it's noteworthy too because her incantation mm-hmm. at the end of it is actually sung rather than just recited. Uh, Beluga, Sabruga, come winds of the Caspian, Caspian Sea, Sea. Laryngus, El Max, Laryngitis, La Voce to me. I'm reading it here. I didn't know this by heart, by the way. 
so um i was gonna say so, like i don't know if i can even do all of that yeah exactly and so it's uh you actually can hear howard ashton's version on a four cd set called the music behind the magic i don't know where the set is i haven't seen this okay. set somewhere but i feel like i should go find it his version is actually on that uh on that set um but yeah she sings this song and it's just it's legendary i it mean is. it's my favorite part of the little mermaid ride it's my favorite song in the little mermaid movie itself and it's just oh, so wow good it's so powerful and it's just like she does just like her i mean you're talking about her inflections yeah. I, I always just remember going true yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can just like now sure. you're the now you're the you're the you're the lyricist you're the you're the vocal uh vocal chick mm -hmm. i i can't sing so i hear these songs and i'm like okay that sounds good or maybe that does, doesn't sound yeah. good uh out of some of these 10 songs are there some of these that you pick up on that are just super hard to sing or maybe that would be like you know, it takes somebody fairly gifted to really pull this off. Um, mm. I mean, that, I mean, that, that's a good question. It, mm. And I think every, all of these performances are, are wonderful. Right. If you're talking about, like, if we're going to talk about the mob song and you mentioned mm -hmm. it would be hard, yep. it is hard to put that together because there are so many people. Each individual part isn't necessarily hard. Right. It, you right. know, it's the you know it's the blending of of all of it together i'm going to say vocally the most difficult for somebody to pull off might be cruella deville again because of those chromatics that they mm -hmm. have in there okay. because not everybody can sing i mean if you're a musician you right. do chromatics okay that's right. that's what you do but for a more untrained person that can be harder for people to do because of the jazz chords and it goes places that maybe you're not expecting it to go mm -hmm. with like kind of I don't want to say key change, but it, you know, it kind of goes places that you're not expecting, basically. Um, you mentioned that Jeremy Irons couldn't uh, be prepared is actually a difficult song as well, just because yeah. of it is a darker sounding song. It's so powerful, um, too. The way and he very sings powerful. it is so just, uh, you know, Yeah, raging. yeah. So. That would be the, the style of singing would a trained singer that's going to be easier yeah. for them to do than, yeah. you know, again, someone who's maybe yeah. more of an amateur singer. But I mean, all of these are great. They're all just great songs. Yeah. Um, um, Poor Unfortunate look, Souls too has a lot of different personality in it, so that requires um, a very good performer to really pull off. Looking at this list too, honestly, if I had to pull some out, honestly, I would say what what Poor Unfortunate Souls, Be Prepared, Friends on the Other Side, and maybe even Mother's Knows Best has in common mm -hmm. is if you put somebody else in that role, it changes the song. It, it does. just does. Like, I feel like Gaston mm -hmm. is a song that Richard White sang, but I feel like somebody who sounds like that probably could pull that off. Pull Oogie Boogie, off. Hellfire, yeah. even sure. the Hans part of Love is Open Door. We so identify Pat Carroll with Unfortunate Souls and Jeremy mm -hmm. Irons to be prepared. Like, if I hear it sung by somebody else, I'm like, that's just not the right version. I, I don't, 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 I give know, me it's, don't give me that crap. Give me some Pat Carroll. What exactly. Which is why you're like yeah. talking about the Jeremy, the yeah. non, the, the live action. Yeah, Who's Jim Cummins. Live action? Jim Cummins. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. In the live oh, action. Oh, true to Asia 4. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I was like, eh. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't be prepared. I was right. like, mm, I'm writing that one out. That's not. I, right. In my head, I just listened to Jeremy Irons. And it was Love hard. it. So that is our top 10 list, folks. And thank you again to our podcast that contributed. Let me run through these real quick. Of course, Skywalking Through Neverland, Richard and Sarah, they have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Does a lot of Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, Disneyland and stuff. Find it on iTunes and all your podcatchers. The Imagineers mm -hmm. with Matt and Susie. Find that on iTunes as well and all your podcatchers. Mm -hmm. uh, I Am Geek has their own podcast. So you can find that on all your podcatcher places. Rob Lott, he's down at Disney World. If you ever see a cast member as Cadaver Dan or, uh, or a Dapper or Dan, or you know, even Hoopty Doo. Yeah. Uh, although Hoopty Doo, he's actually a six, a six cent slocum. Um, but if you've seen him walking around, he has Rob on there. 
talk to him. He might be the Rob Lot. Of course, quasi producer, quasi producer Heather also giving her input as well. And we thank you for that too. So this is a good list. This is a solid list. And so um, yeah. uh, now we're not going to play the segments of the music on here because. Sometimes I don't mind throwing a little bit of music here and there, hoping nobody will hoping we get in trouble. Mm. But because we have so many other people associated with this, cast, yeah, I'm not going to do, do it. But if you go on the show notes, I'm going to actually link to all of these on YouTube. So you can go to the show notes at uh, themscpodcast.com, click on the mm. links of each one, and you'll be able to go to the uh, go to the YouTube version of it to see to hear the songs itself. Mm. So good list, good list. Jen, is there anything on this list as we finish? Anything on this list you would have changed? Anything you're like, you know, I'd rather have this song than that song, or I'm a little disappointed that we don't have my jungle book on there, but I'm not mm. sad with any of the ones that made the list. Yeah. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah, well, and, well, and finally, let me just go ahead. I, I want to say this too. Imperial March was skywalking through Neverland's number one. The headless horseman was Rob Lott's number one. Be prepared was number one for myself, for Jen, for Susie and for Matt. Heather, Heather had mother knows best and uh, the I am geek guys. Love is open door was their number one song. Um, oh. and so yes, yeah, so there you go. Jen, where can people find you on the line on, on the interwebs? You can find me at Upon a Star Jen, and my personal Instagram is at Jen underscore Novotny. Perfect. Find me at the Magic on a Dollar Instagram. Find me at Disney on a Dollar and Magic on a Dollar on Facebook, all those type places. Of course, find Upon a Star Travel. We are your travel mm-hmm. destination. We're your experts and all that good stuff about Disney, Disneyland, Universal, the cruises, Royal Caribbean, Disney Cruise Line, dropping those requirements, which is awesome. Uh, overseas, hey. all inclusive, so on and so, so forth. I had like a couple of get back from Jamaica last Sunday and another party get back from Cancun on Monday. So we're doing a lot of stuff. We're not just doing Disney. Yeah, we are. We love Disney. We love our Disney stuff as well. So, of course, find us at the MSC Podcast on uh, online. Find us at gmail.com. That is our email address. We'd love to hear if you agree with the list or you don't mm-hmm. agree with the list. We'd love to hear your feedback. Twitter, Facebook, all the usual type places. And yep. you can hear the show on Audible. I always forget to mention that, but you can hear the show on audible.com. And finally, I do want to mention this. We were on a podcast a few weeks ago, a Journey to Imagination podcast run by mm-hmm. a, a kid, teenager, 15 mm-hmm. years old, named River. Loves Epcot, loves Figment or whatever. We got to be on his podcast. Rob yep. Lott was also on his podcast recently. Um, oh, he's actually fun. had a few people on his podcast. Had a good time on the podcast, so go find it. One of the things I told him to do, I was like, dude, you've got to start putting your, your link on your stuff when you when you promote your stuff on Instagram. I was like, because you can never yeah. find the show. So go find that Journey to Imagination podcast. And you also can find him on um on on, on the internet and on yeah. Instagram and all those kind of places. So Jen, happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween. Uh when we meet again, we will be into the full swing Christmas season because 2022 yes. is going by like great 2022 is flying out the door like money at Disney World. It's just disappearing it sure is. rapid pace. Rapidly, so it sure is for Jen. I am Dave, and don't forget to scare your Phoenicians. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the MSE Podcast, or visit our website at the MSE Podcast.com. Be sure to subscribe. And may all your wishes come true.